We are in beginning today our Christmas series. I'm excited about this series and we've titled this series, a very catchy series, uh, Christmas Lights. And the whole purpose of this series will be to focus on how we can be effective witnesses for Christ in this Christmas season. Obviously, uh, as I've said before, this is a very, very busy time for us. Many of us are uh, engaged in shopping and getting prepared to have family over and we're busy running from here to there. And one of the things that we have to do is uh, we have to be very intentional about the fact of making sure uh, that we don't miss those opportunities that are around us. When I say opportunities, I want you to re remember this one thing uh, as we go into this uh, uh, message today, that we have been left here with an assignment from Jesus Christ. And so that assignment involved us being witnesses for Jesus Christ and to make sure that every opportunity we have to share the love of God, that we capitalize on it. And so I understand that, uh, uh, you know, we're in the, you know, the Christmas cards and, and a lot of those things, which I think are absolutely marvelous. But we want to make sure that we're conveying a message about Christ, because this is, I believe, as always, a fertile ground for the Christian if the Christian is thinking uh, biblically. And so we want to make sure that we are, we're thinking that way. And so in this series, we will be reminded of our calling uh, in our assignment that has been given to us by Jesus Christ. And we will definitely be learning how we can make the most of every opportunity in being lights in this world. And so I want to talk today about Jesus, um, who is the light. Everybody say the light, the light of the world. When I think about light, I think it's easy to say, and everybody understands this concept. Light illuminates. It chases away darkness. It helps people to see where they're going. Light provides a sense of comfort, direction. Light gives us a degree of peace. And obviously, darkness is just the opposite. It makes us anxious. We tend to stumble, not really sure where we're going, just kind of stumbling along and kind of hoping that we get there. We, darkness tends to bring on the spirit of fear and we're less comfortable. And at times, we obviously stumble and fall. We're living in a generation that has stumbled and failed very, very uh, hard. And so we have been given this important task. And before we can talk about our responsibility, and we'll get in that in the coming weeks, I want to focus on the light, Jesus Christ. Um, Jesus is the source of light. Men are walking in darkness today because, and this is a very simple way to put it, men are walking in darkness today because they don't know Jesus Christ. It's not because they, they you know, if they don't commit sin or, they, you know, they, well, everybody commits sin, but it's not, you know, based upon anything, any works of righteousness or anything like that. Uh, it's, it's not about that. Men are in darkness today simply because they do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the light of the world. He's the hope of the world. You heard me say this, and really, I coined the phrase after Bill Hybels, who's a pastor in Chicago, Illinois area, and uh, 
he passes a very large church and he says that the church is the hope of the world. I echo that. I believe the church is the hope of the world. The church is the light of the world because Jesus is the light of the world. Now, it's not our responsibility. We are not the light in the sense that the source of it, but we are to reflect that light. And we're to talk about it. And we're to point people to Jesus. How many know that we can't save nobody? That ought to make you feel better. You do not have the capacity within yourself or myself. I can't save anybody. But our job is to somehow live our life in such a way that we point people to the one who can save. And that's very, very important. And God has left us that responsibility. And so when I talk about Jesus, I understand the atmosphere that I speak his name. Because Jesus today has become more and more polarized. Not because his message has changed, because Jesus' message has been the same since he left here. It's always been the same. But people have evolved and Jesus' word is, his words and his message is really cutting against the society and the grain of society in a very, very significant way. And so we have been finding or discovering that as time goes by, that he is being rejected more and more. Uh, and then I want you to think about this for a moment, but a nation like America that once embraced Christianity and Jesus has turned to embrace other, every other religion except Christianity. That's where we are today. Christianity, unless you live on another planet, unless you haven't been paying attention, Christianity is under attack. The message that we preach is becoming more and more under attack, and the society as a whole is trying to squeeze out the voice of those who have the message of this gospel. And the question then becomes, and, 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 and before I go into that, but but, but, but one of the things, and you see this displayed in so many ways. The, the media, for an example, has dubbed Christianity uh, as just some kind of a, a, a bigotry religion. You've heard that. And, and the reason they say that is, is because Jesus, because we preach Jesus, and obviously when you preach Jesus as the light of the world, when you begin to preach Jesus as the only way to God, then obviously in this culture, in this generation, there's a big pushback. But, but I, want us to I, want, I want to remind you that Jesus said this before he left. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Jesus said that in this world, you will have tribulation. He told you that. He, in fact, Jesus goes on to say, he says, not only will they do that. He, he says, listen, he says, they will hate you because they hate me. So the more you align yourself up with biblical principles, get this, the more you're going to be ostracized. The more your message is going to be challenged because that message is full of light coming and invading a very, very dark place. And unless you, again, unless you live on another planet, the world is becoming more and more dark. And as a consequence of that, of people not receiving the light of Jesus Christ. I want you to hear this. As a consequence, our nation has become bankrupt morally. We have now gender identity issues. These are as a consequence of walking in darkness. This is what I want you to understand. The, the, the full embracing of homosexuality as normal. This is a form of darkness. Redefining the roles of husbands and wives. 
In fact, today, kids are training and informing parents instead of it being the other way around. We live in a culture today where there is a profound lack of respect and civility in our relationships. Men are calling evil good and good evil. And only the light of the glory of the gospel of Christ can come and, and bring healing to a nation that is walking in darkness. Now, there's a deception in darkness because when the devil has blinded the minds, we'll talk about that here in a moment. The devil has blinded the mind of people so that they can't come to a reality of the truth. Jesus is the light that comes into the darkness and only he can fix it. Y'all get this. Are you with me? Say amen. Politicians can't fix it. Are you hearing me? Uh, the philosophy of men can't fix what's wrong with society today. I don't care. Uh, you can get a bunch of people, the uh, money. I don't care if you're rich, you're a billionaire, you got all kind of money, you're smart. None of that is going to fix it. Only Jesus can fix it. Period. And so that is the medicine. It's almost like going to a doctor. The doctor says to you, well, if you want to be healed, take this pill. This will, this will straighten you out. And if you looked at, look back at the doctor and said to the doctor, well, I don't want to take the pill. Then essentially you tell the doctors, I want to kind of stay where I am. How many know that Jesus is the antidote to the problems of society today and people don't want to take the medicine? But we have been given the responsibility to keep offering them the medicine because you never know that somebody, somebody who you, the next person you will encounter may go ahead and take the medicine and get redeemed. So we're talking about Jesus, and so I want to talk for a moment about his credentials as light. As you span the scriptures, uh, you will discover that light is the symbol that's been used throughout the Bible in connection with Christ and the coming Messiah. So we understand that to be the case. Uh, so we talk about Jesus, his credentials as light. And I, and I want to someone, not that I'm trying to validate Jesus, because how many know that Jesus really needs no validation? Uh, you know, his word, what's going to, I mean, whatever he says is going to happen, whether men believe it or they don't. But I'm just going to show you what the scripture said. And hopefully in, in, in hearing this, you will gain more faith and more confidence as you step out into a dark world that is waiting to attack you for trying to be to, to preach a message that is counterculture. The prophet Isaiah said this concerning the Christ in Isaiah chapter nine, verse two, just to give you a couple of verses. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light and those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death. Upon them, a light has shined. Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, you remember him in the in the Gospels. Use it when he prophesied of the coming Christ. He used light. He said, and you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of sins, through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us. And this is Luke chapter 1, verse 76 through 79. To give light... Light to those who sit in darkness. This is, this is the call of Christ. To give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death. How many know that people are walking in death today? And, and just because you have breath in your body don't mean you're living. That's the mistake, church, that we got to get. How many know that we got to begin to see in the realm of the spirit? 
Because a person is, a, see, it's a spirit is more real than the natural. And that's what a lot of people don't get. So you think the natural is because this is where we live. This is, but the spiritual is more real than the natural. In fact, many of the battles that we are encountering, they start in the spirit realm. And if you don't understand that, you, you will be tossed to and fro. So the people are setting in the shadow of death and, and the people are thinking because they're breathing that they're actually living, not realizing that without Christ, they're still dying. They're on the way not only to physical death, but spiritual death as well, which is the more punishing death because eternal death is forever. When the age Simeon, Simeon in the Bible, who took the baby Jesus into his arms as he was dedicated at the temple, he said this, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. Jesus was not just to bring revelation to the Jews. He was also to bring Revelation to the Gentile, that means the non-Jews. So this gospel message, this light, how many know that the, that the whole world, the Bible says, lies in darkness? The whole world. And so Jesus come as a light into the whole world. How many know that Christianity is not confined geographically to just America? And you got it. some of you don't realize, but you need to study. Christianity has been here long before America was here. Y'all hear what I'm saying, church? History, Christianity is deeply rooted in history. Not like some of these other books that didn't make up times and places. Christianity is rooted in history. So it's important that we understand that. And so this gospel is meant to affect this light. The light of Jesus Christ is meant to impact every person in the world because Jesus is that light of the world. I'll show you that here in a moment. At the beginning of Christ's ministry, Matthew makes the connection with the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy when he says, and this is Matthew 4, verse 16, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region in shadow of death, light has dawned. So you, you see the picture here that there was, there was prophesied that Jesus would be that light way before Jesus got here. And then in John's gospel, we just read, and I'll take a little bit of time to just uh, explain this. In John's gospel, we just read in uh, John chapter number one, and we'll just kind of uh, uh, dissect this just a little bit. It says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. All right? I want you to get that into your soul. So how many know that Jesus always existed? Jesus didn't just start existing when he was born in the manger. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Jesus exists from eternity. He was, he always was. In the beginning was the word, the word meaning Jesus. The word was with God and the word Jesus was God. Y'all getting that this morning? They're one and the same. So Jesus has always been here. Now we're talking about, now I want you to understand, we're talking about Jesus as the light. We're qualifying Jesus as the light. Now watch this, it goes on to say, that he was in the beginning with God. Watch this. Here's something else that's deep. And it says that all things were made through him. <clears throat> and without him, nothing was made that was made. So I want you to understand this. So not only was Jesus in the beginning with God, not only is Jesus, in fact, is God. And this is why it's important that we capture this. As when we say Jesus is the light of the world, we're not just saying that because it sounds cute. 
We're not just saying that because it's, it, it, you know, it's just a nice phrase, kind of makes us feel good. We're saying it because there ain't but one God. Come on, church. One creator, and his name is Jesus. So we talk about Jesus being the light of the world. It is not just something that we just kind of throw out there lightly. When you say that Jesus, when you go into a dark place and you say Jesus is the light of the world, you can say it with authority. Why? Because not only was he God in flesh, but he was with God. And look at John. In fact, look at John uh, 1 14. Look at verse number 14. You're in John chapter 1. Some of you brought your Bibles this morning. Uh, I know some of you did. <clears throat> and, and in word, see, in the beginning was, let me, let me go back. So John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. Look at, look at verse number 14. And the word became flesh. There it is. Jesus, God, the word became flesh and dwelt where? Among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the Jesus that we serve. Now, now, so look at Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 and 17. Just a couple of verses I want you to lay your eyes on. And, and it really drives this point home because uh, here, uh, the writer here is, and we believe this is Paul, Paul's letter to the Colossians. And Paul here is laying out who this Jesus is. We talk about, remember, we're talking about Jesus as the focal point. We're talking about Jesus as the light so that when you say it, you can say it with authority. And it says in uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 and 17, look at this. It says now, and he, talking about Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. Y'all get that? So anybody, you remember when, when one of the disciples said, said, Jesus, show us the Father. Y'all remember one of the disciples said that? And Jesus says, Jesus, I think it was Thomas. He said, don't you realize that, that if you've seen me, you already see the Father. One and the same. Get this now. He is the image of the invisible God, not Muhammad, not Buddha. I don't want to offend nobody, but I got to tell the truth. Come on, church. He, he is the image, Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God. You want to know what God looks like? Look at Jesus. He is the firstborn of all creation. And watch this. Talking about his creative power again. Verse 16. For by him, Jesus all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth. Jesus that created. Look at this. Visible, invisible, whether thrones or dominion, principalities or powers. Watch this, church. All things were created through him. And watch this, church. And what? For him. How? That's amazing. I love that verse. Because now you realize you're not just talking about a man. How do you know that Jesus is much more than a man? And people try to say, oh, Jesus. No, no, Jesus, he's God in flesh. He is, Jesus is creator God. He says all things were created through him. In other words, all powers, all authority, everything that we see, all of creation, all of, what, all of it was created by Jesus Christ himself. It was created through him. And what? It all exists for him. See, here's the thing. This is what's wrong with society. Society don't recognize and men don't recognize that they were created for God's glory. And so what happens is because man don't realize that, then he has decided to fashion. He has decided to make himself a God. And he or she believes that they live and they exist to serve themselves and whatever it is they want. 
not realizing that we were all created for God's glory. How do you know that the Bible says that we were created in the image of God? Humans were. And so when people don't realize that they're broken, they're walking in a darkness, our job is to point people to the reality of that fact that you really exist for God and you won't start living until you come to Christ. Okay, what people say, you, you can have everything right. You can have a nice bank account. Your kids can be doing well. Everybody, yeah, you know, you have not started living yet until you get resurrected spiritually through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Until you get saved, you're not living. I don't care who you are. Now, this is a hard message for some folk because some folk think that they are sufficient in and of themselves. That's part of the deception of what the devil does. Because he's getting people to focus on the here and now. But unless, how many know that the here and now, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out that this earth is on a collision course to destruction. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? I mean, just look around. Just, just pay attention to the news. Just, I mean, I'm not being doom and gloom. But Jesus said that all these things would happen before he comes back. He already said it. He told us. So nobody can see him and be like, oh, man, you know, I didn't know this was going to happen. He's already told us what's going to be happening right before he comes back. And the stage is being set. Now, going back to John, John chapter number one, uh, in verse number four, it says, and in him was the life and the life was the light of men. In other words, Jesus is full of life. He is life. He is the one that gives life. He's, he's the one that authorizes life. He, he knows life. He is life. And when men come into a knowledge of Jesus Christ, then that life is the light of men. So how do men get lit up? Men get lit up when they receive the life of Jesus Christ. That is the light of men. In other words, men are Walking in darkness, they will stay in perpetual darkness because they have not yet been engaged with the light. They have not opened their heart to the light of Jesus Christ. In other words, no Jesus, no light. And no light, you remain in darkness. Now let's look at a couple of claims that Jesus made about himself. Jesus himself, he claimed, he said himself that he was the light. In John chapter 8, verse number 12, then Jesus spoke to them again. He said, I am the light of the world. Now, this is pretty radical. Y'all know this because you've been in this church for a minute and you know how I teach and things we communicate here. But we all understand and you know that, that Jesus was a very, very uh, uh, offensive uh, in his orientation, not because he was trying to be offensive. By the way, as a Christian, don't try to be offensive. Amen. Just be a good Christian. You'll be offensive enough. The message itself is offensive. Don't go trying to. You ever meet Christians that just try to offend people? Don't do that. The message is the message is more than enough to get people jacked up, upset. The ones who are want to hold on to their sin. But the Jesus says, "Now, why?" He said, "I am the light of the world." He said, "I'm the light of the world." Now, I want you to understand this. Think about what Jesus. So when Jesus was walking the earth, we said things like before Abraham was, I am. And when, when, when he kind of indicated that if you've seen uh, me, you've seen the father. And, and when he kind of talked about things they like like and making himself equal with God, this got them so upset that they wanted to kill him. They wanted him out. They wanted to, They wanted to kill him because they could not take it there because you are a man. Make yourself out to be God. 
And how many know, church, the truth is the truth? Remember I said before, whether you receive it or not, Jesus was just speaking the truth. How many of you want, to, how many of you want truth? Uh, you know, one of the reasons why I came to Christ in the first place, I went on this wild hunt. I searched every other, I, I studied Jehovah Witnesses, I studied Mormonism, I looked at most, I studied all of it because I was on a quest to discover the truth. And I came to the conclusion in a very convincing fashion that Jesus is, in fact, that light of the world, that coming through into the world for all men. Jesus says here that I'm the light of the world. Now, I want you to take note of what he did not say. Jesus did not say or claim to be another light. Because that's what's popular today, uh, a religion of universalism, right? That all roads lead to God. How many of you have heard that before? You got your way. I got my way. There is no objective truth. Truth is whatever you make it out to be in your own minds. This is the darkness, church, that we are confronted. This is the darkness and the deception that the enemy has brought upon mankind. Jesus did not claim to be one among many lights. He didn't say that. He is not saying that he is holding the light or is the way to the light. Jesus makes it clear that he is the one and only light of the world. There is no other light. Yet, you see people searching all the time and they're trying to find light. They don't realize it, but they're trying to find a way out because even when a person realizes they're in darkness, they, they, they still have that, that, that process where they got to try to figure their way how to get out. Jesus is saying that I am that light. He said, I say, he's not saying I'm one of the lights. John 14, 6, remember Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. Nobody can get to God except through me. That offends a lot of people. But yet Jesus said it was true and God validated everything Jesus said. In fact, when he rose Jesus, raised Jesus from the dead because the resurrection is the proof positive. In fact, that Jesus was everything that he said he was. God pulled him up out of the grave so that you and I can have hope and know that everything he said was true. Y'all remember that when Jesus died, y'all remember how the disciples were all upset and because they thought it was over. I mean, they had been with Jesus for three years and Jesus was talking about all this eternal life and how he was going to come back. And when he died, man, they were still upset. Oh, God. But, but boy, it's like when they saw Jesus raised from the dead, everybody said game changer. Oh, Buddha, Muhammad. How many know all of them are worth? They, they ain't living, church. The grave is empty. He is, in fact, that light that comes into the world to light up the world. So Jesus makes it clear that he's the only way to the Father. And he doesn't say it because Jesus is on some kind of ego trip. Jesus don't need his ego massage somehow. Jesus says it because it is, in fact, true. He says, if I don't tell you the truth, I will be a lie, Pharisees, like you are. And I'm not, there's no lying and there's nothing but truth in me, is what Jesus says. And he says, the devil has nothing in him. So Jesus is that light. So if we understand through scripture how Jesus is the light of the world, how he is the hope of the world, how he is God's answer to men's problems, then why do men reject the light? The building is on fire and I'm telling you to get out 
and there's, this is the only way out, why would you turn back around and go back into the fire? I'm telling you, this is it. Well, Pastor, I don't believe you. I'm telling you, look, this is the only way out. If you go back, there's no other way. I mean, know that if I'm in your shoes and, and if you said that to me and you said that's the only way, tr trust me, I'm going to go. Because if that's the only way out, I ain't going to get burned. I'm, 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 show me. This, uh, this is what we need to think about when people want to get offended about us preaching. We're not preaching because we're, uh, Jesus is the way because we're upset at you. We're preaching Jesus is the way because we love you. Come on, church. And we, we love people. That's why we preach it. But why do men reject light? Look at this. This is why. John 3, verses 19 through 21. Jesus says this. And this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world. Jesus talking about himself. This is John chapter 3, verses 19 through 21. And men, watch this church, here's what he says. And men love darkness rather than light. Circle that word love. Because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the will, does the truth, comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Jesus, again, let's just dissect that just a little bit. Jesus says that this is the condemnation. In other words, condemnation means judgment. Condemnation means sentencing. It is punishment. Watch what Jesus is saying. He's saying, so this is the condemnation. This then is the punishment. Well, what is the punishment? Here it is in verse 19 that men love darkness rather than light. That's the problem why people reject the light. Because how many know people reject the light because they get comfortable with the darkness? Are y'all hear what I'm saying? And, and how many know, how many remember when you got saved? Boy, you thought you, you thought you could see, you thought you were all right until you really got right with God. And then God really opened it up and he showed you things in the spirit realm you never saw before. And you realize how really, you realize how much of a mess you really were. And, and it, it didn't happen until you, you, you came to the light. See, Jesus says, men are not coming to the light because they love darkness. In other words, let me, let me put it to you this way. Men love living life according to their own fleshly appetites. Men love being their own God. This is the problem of what happened in the Garden of Eden. This is the, the root of the problem right there. The independent of God. And, and we're still reaping the repercussions of that today. Men love sexual immorality. They love it. They don't want to give it up. Men love to hate and seek revenge. They, they love to fight. Men love to lust after evil things. They love worshiping things and money instead of worshiping God. Men love pride and arrogance being their own God. Men have grown accustomed to living in darkness. Therefore, they don't want the light. They reject the light. They walk away from the light. This is why. You can go and you can you can talk about any other so-called religion. But when it comes to Christianity, people get upset. You don't if you don't believe me, try it. Just start walking around and start preaching Jesus. Some of you say, I don't believe they live right. Just go out there and start preaching. Watch how people the minute you say that name, 
You say God, you're okay. But the minute you say that name Jesus, people know that what comes with Jesus is a message. And, and that message cut. That message, brother, it clashed with the darkness. It's clashed. I'm telling you, ain't nothing you can do. If you're a true Christian walking with God, you are going to clash with culture at some point. Your values are going to clash. And you got to be ready for it. You can't be there saying like, oh, man, well, I got to go with what's popular. Jesus already told you that wide is the way and broad is the way that leads to destruction. But narrow is the way that leads to life. Didn't I tell you that you're going to be in a minority? Didn't I tell you that? He told you, you will be in the minority. In fact, Jesus said this, the world cannot, this is John 7, 7. He says, the world cannot hate you. I said, he said, the world can't hate you, but it hates me. Why does the world hate Jesus? Because Jesus said, because I testify of it that its works are evil. Oh, are y'all getting that church? This is why, this is why, so, 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 People, people don't have a, really have a problem with you. They have a problem with your message. <laughs> they have a problem with what you represent because you are saying you are challenging their way of life. It's not that you're perfect. It's not any of us. None of us are perfect. None of us got it all right. We understand that. But when we're trying to live right, how many know we got a call thing? We are called to, <laughs> the Bible says that we are called to expose the light. I'm sorry, exposed to darkness. We're called to expose it. Now, that doesn't mean getting people face, yell at them, and be disrespectful like some folks who are crazy and just, you know, want to yell. And, no, I'm talking about men just, just coming from a place of love. Jesus says, men, men, the problem is not with you. The problem is the message. And, 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 and so automatically, Jesus, just by his very nature, just by his message, he comes on the scene and he picks fights with people. And he picks fight with people, not because he's out there trying to pick fights. He just come out there being who he is. How many know that if you just be who you are, you're going to pick fight with people? Not because you're trying to. When I say pick fights, they're just going to get mad at you because they don't like what you're trying to say. Well, brother, you're not normal. That's not, I mean, seriously, what kind of person are you? I mean, I, I was talking to somebody the other day and I said, uh, my, my last pastor, before I came here, uh, and uh, he said that he, he, his, his first kiss and his first sexual encounter was with his wife now that he's been married to for 30-some, 40-some years. I don't know, 30-some years. And they got nine kids, you know, uh, eight, nine kids. And, and he always talked about how the, his very first kiss was when he kissed his wife at the altar. His very first sexual encounter was when he, after he married his wife. Now, I say that to say, because many of you look at me and you say, what kind of person? You know, it just goes to show you how the darkness, how you can, you can camp with the mind. You can, how many know that you can be saved and still camp in a mentality of darkness? And so that to you, like, like so you, well, I, my, kids, my kids are human. You are, you are, mm, mm, God help me to behave. You are a wimp. If you call yourself a Christian and you promote and you tell your kids it's okay to sleep around before they get married, you are not being faithful to the text. 
You are not being faithful to the text when your kids come and tell you how they're going to live and you let them do it. You are not being faithful to the text. You're acquiescing to the culture that you already know is walking in darkness. If you already know is walking in darkness, then why do you walk in that same darkness? You are the light. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And so listen to me. Listen to me. Either we're going to walk in this or we're not. And it doesn't matter, church, what I agree with. I told somebody other day, I said, it doesn't matter what I agree with or what I don't. I tell people all the time, brother, why you got a problem? I don't have a problem with your lifestyle. I don't have a problem. I'm just preaching to you what the Bible says. If, if God said that that was okay, I would say it's okay. Come on, church. That's what being a Christian means, right? What is a Christian, by the way? A follower of Christ, right? You're a follower of Christ. There are a lot of people today who call themselves Christians, but they don't even agree with Christ. They agree with parts of the Bible that they like that Christ preached, but they don't they don't embrace Christ's full message. Then I'm telling you, if you're not in agreement with Christ, if you're not embracing the message of Christ, you're not saved yet. You're still you're still in a place where you're trying to figure out, do I want to submit my life to Jesus Christ? Because submitting my life to Jesus mean, doesn't mean that I get it all right, but it means that at least I come into agreement that what he says is right. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So, so my standard for living is the book. Sometimes we fall short, but that's the standard. So we got to stay true to the text. If we're going to affect our culture, if we are going to, we'll talk more about this next week from our perspective, but, but, but we got to preach the light. We got to declare what Jesus said. If you don't want to say it yourself, just say this. Well, here's what the Bible say. If you don't feel comfortable saying it's sin, then say this. The Bible says dot, 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 dot. And so you live your life and you think of it this way. What does a book say? Not what your kids say. Not what's popular with the culture. The culture is in darkness. You already know that. Don't go with the culture. Go with what the book says. I, I told my if my kids act up, they will tell you if they act up, I, I'm, 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 this is my disclaimer. I'm putting it out there. It ain't because me and my wife taught them that. Because I can say, I can say with authority that, that we have been faithful to the text as it relates to how we raise our kids. So if they want to go off and do something different, it's on them. But as for me and my house, come on, church. Come on. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's what we are. We don't. I'm sorry, baby. I'm sorry you feel. I know what the culture is saying to you, but the culture don't get it right. Jesus got it right. I'm going to go with. Is anybody in the house going to go with Jesus? Come on. You really going to go with Jesus? In conclusion, men don't have to stay in darkness. They don't have to stay there. Jesus is that light of the world. This is what we all must understand. He's that light. He's that hope. He's, he's that. And, and, and then what he did was, it's amazing. But he says, now, I'm going to go away to my father. And he said, watch this. And he says, now, greater works you're going to do. You're going to do greater work to me. Because I'm going to the Father. Because you, you are the bearers of who I am. You embody who I am walking on the earth. You embody that. That's, what he's, that's essentially what he's saying. See, you're, you're my representatives. I want to challenge us today to be faithful to our calling. Jesus said, I've come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. 
People that are not going to stay in darkness. Here's the exit. Amen. Is that okay? The, the exit is Jesus Christ himself. That's the exit. That's how men get out of darkness. And, and guess what? You have been assigned to point people to the exit. A picture of yourself standing by the exit sign and just saying, hey, guys, this way. That's what we're to do. So that men won't have to abide and stay in darkness. Paul said, if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Whose minds, the God of this age. Look at this church. This is 2 Corinthians 4, 3, and I'm done. He said, the God of this age has blinded who do not. I'm sorry. Let me, let me read that verse again. But if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Whose minds, whose minds, the God of this age, talking about Satan, has blinded who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. You are that. Be, be that. We'll talk more about our responsibility to be the light, but today I want to focus on who the light is. We want to point people to the light so you can have confidence that when you speak about Jesus, that he truly is the light of the world. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed this morning.